guys, welcome back to Talking with TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell, episode 75 of the podcast, and we've got a real big one today. We've got Socceroos captain, Millet Yedinak. It's going to be great to get Millet on the show. He actually grew up in Western Sydney, not too far from where I grew up. So it's going to be interesting just to get his perspective on growing up in the area and how that got him ready for the rest of life. Millet, you know, he started Humble Roots coming through the system at the Central Coast Mariners, but he's developed into a real world-class player, currently playing at Aston Villa, and a big shout-out to Aston Villa, who did organise this interview. So I'm really grateful for both Millet and Aston Villa for giving me a few minutes of his time. Millet's going to go into how he developed into a world-class player, cracking Europe, and also success at the World Cups in 2010 and 2014, and lessons learnt that he can also bring into this World Cup ahead. Something really interesting that I really wanted to touch on was his relationship with Ange Postacoglu, and he gives us an open and honest recount of their relationship. And, you know, we're going to be going again into the tie that they just did have with Honduras. And, you know, if you're a keen Socceroo supporter, you definitely know how much of an impact that Melee did have on that, that, that leg compared to the time when he was actually missing, especially in that the tie against Syria, as soon as he come back into that, the team for the, the games against Honduras, what a massive difference he made, and he scored those three goals in Sydney to really bring us to the next World Cup. He's such an integral part of this Socceroos team, and it's going to be great to get him on the show. So this week, guys, we're actually going to have two Socceroos on. Today, of course, Mila Yedinak. Thursday, it's going to be Massimo Luongo. I've also recorded with him, so bringing it out, a bit of a soccer week. They did go into those friendlies. We just did see them lose, unfortunately, to the Norway 4-1 on Friday, I think it was. And then they've got the, on Wednesday morning in Australia time, they'll be facing Colombia. So it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they've got a new coach. So they're trying out new players and they've gone back to a 4-2-3-1 system. So it'll be interesting to see how they progress into the next World Cup. But guys, if it's your first time here, thank you for tuning in. If you want to subscribe, you can do it for free. Go either online, www talkingwithtk.com. I'll have all the links straight in there for you, or you can also search Talking With TK on iTunes, Stitcher, or Overcast. You won't miss a thing. If you want to connect with me, probably the easiest way is either Twitter or Facebook. I'm at Talking With TK, or send me an email, Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. I do apologize for a bit of a croaky voice today, guys. I do have a little bit of a cold, but I do apologize. All right, guys, enjoy this one, and we're going to kick it off with us discussing about Malay growing up in Western Sydney. Obviously, um, I had been, uh, grew up at Western Sydney, know the area very well. I know it's changed a little bit since since my time, since since sort of I last lived there, but again, it's, it's it gave me, you know, a lot of good memories and you know, I remember a lot of the parks around there and, and playing there, you know, with football, with, with, with school and, and with friends and with, you know, with my brother, we'd, we'd go down to local parks and, and, you know, that always serve us well, to be honest with you. Yeah. Where did it all kick off for you in terms of finding football? Um, I think it was sort of more, you know, just growing up, I had an older brother, so he was very, sort of influential in that and wanted to sort of follow him around and I think from whenever to play, you know, I was I was very keen, wanted to join his team and stuff like that. I'd, I'd be 
quite the pest, to be honest. <laughs> but um, no, growing up, then after that, it was, you know, he, we sort of, you know, we looked after each other. He looked after me a lot, and uh, it was always that, you know, we'd always have that common thing of football, and we'd always, uh, you know, he was, he, he'd be pushing me, I'd be pushing him, and and it was good like that. Yeah, were you always a midfielder? Um. Oh, I've always played through there. Yeah, I played. I played up top for a little bit, and I think when you're younger, you you, you play sort of everywhere just to sort of get a sense of it. And um, yeah, I was no different, really. I scored. You know, I played when I was really young. Played. I think it was more of a centre forward type, and then then sort of dropped back. I think I was maybe like nine or ten or something like that. So. And Miller, who did you kind of base yourself on? You know, I remember playing in the playground, and everyone's got that that guy who they want to be. Who was that for you? Um, no, I don't had. I'd never had one, mate. To be honest with you, it was more about um, just you know. I did watch. I always watched a lot of football and stuff like that. I think it was more. Never really wanted to be anyone. I was just more trying to be myself and try to be the best I could be. I didn't, you know, if anyone, I'd. You know, I looked up to the people close to me, and uh, it wasn't about being a specific football player or anything like that. I did, I did enjoy watching football, uh, watching my local club and, and who I supported as well. And uh, I can't remember ever saying that I wanted to be this person. So. <laughs> who did you support back then, mate? Um, I was a, I'm a Sydney United boy, so that that was my team that we'd go watch them on a Sunday in the old NSL and. Uh, yeah, some very fond memories out of Denzel Park. Yeah, for sure. Now, you were the number 15 in both club and country. Does that have any significant meaning for you at all? Um, I think it's significant because I wear it. Um, there's no other significance to it. Um, it's just a number that I've been very fond of uh, for, for a number of years now and you know, just continue to wear it. Where, where I'm able to, and uh, yeah, there's no there's no story behind anything like that. It's just more of a got a you know wore it and wanted to wear it, and uh, yeah, had had relatively good success in it, and so I thought I'll just keep that up. Now, just looking ahead to you know you've you've had a pretty good season there with Aston Villa. You didn't get the result that you wanted against Fulham on the weekend, but. The start for 2018 has been very, very good. What, what at the moment are you putting down to, to the success at Villa? Um, I think, you know, we've just had a, we've got a consistency about us. We've got, you know, an understanding of what's required of us. It's, it's never easy. We had a, another game last night where we had a draw, which could have went either way, to be honest, but that's, that's, you know, that's the, that's the way it goes and that's the way it is in the championship. The games come thick and fast and, uh, you know, boys are, you know, we're getting ourselves ready to go again for, for, for a game on Saturday. So I think it's just more that everyone's, you know, everyone's getting it. Um, you know, and, uh, we have to, we have to, you know, we have to show our strength and, uh, maintain that focus right the way through. And that's what we have been doing. Um, like you said, since, since the start of the year, but even before that, but, like you said, over the last sort of seven, eight games, we, we've had some really, really good results. Yeah, what, what's it been like to play with an absolute champion in John Terry? He's one of the greatest players to ever play in the Premier League. Yeah, look, John's been fantastic. Um, you know, since he's come to the football club, it's been great. Uh, it's been, you know, being being able to work with him on a regular basis and, and seeing day in, day out, you, you, you know, you get to appreciate that um, as, a, as a teammate. And, uh, and knowing that, that that sort of, 
playing alongside you or playing with you is, uh, yeah, it's great. You know, he's, he's achieved everything there has to achieve in, in, in the game, in this country anyway. And, uh, you know, it's a testament to him, but, you know, he hasn't taken his, his eye off, eye off the ball for one split second and he makes sure, and he does make sure that everyone else is the same way. Mm. Millie, you know, you were a defensive midfielder expert these days. In terms of, I know Steve Bruce has kind of changed into a 4-1, 4, sorry, 4-1, 4-1 formation, as in the last one against Honduras, Ange kind of played something very, very similar with only one defensive midfielder. Is that something you prefer, just sitting by yourself in that midfield defensive role, or do you prefer a partner next year? Um, I don't think it's any preference, to be honest with you. It's it's just whatever the team requires, whatever the the manager and the coach sees fit for that game or going forward, whatever it, whatever it needs to be. Uh, I don't think there is a preference, if I'm honest. There's obviously the different roles in, in, in saying that, but um, I think with me, it's just more about just playing your part and, and whatever part you have to play in the in in the team that you do it and you do it to the best of your ability and making sure that everyone else is is doing the same thing. Yeah, just a question for you to reflect on. In terms of, because I know you've been there before with Crystal Palace, in terms of trying to stay up in the Premier League with a small team or then trying to get promoted up from the championship as you've done before as well, is there any comparison at all in terms of difficulty? Um, they're probably, they're both difficult in their own right. I think, um, you know, getting out of the championship is always, always tricky because of the you know, amount of games and just how competitive it is. And then when you do go up, it's, it's staying that first season is, is, can always be, especially for, especially for a club hasn't been there for a while. Um, you know, it can always be and, and probably didn't have, didn't have the experience like, like uh, you know, like my time at Palace, didn't, there wasn't a lot of Premier League experience in in, in, the, in the in the dressing room at that time. But you know, you soon learn, and uh, you know what it's about. You get up to speed with it, and uh, you know, it's still still not an easy you know not an easy feat by any means. Yeah, in terms of you, you know, obviously now that you're experienced and you've got a lot of matches under your belt. In terms of when you were first coming into Europe, was there anyone in particular that took you under their wings at all in terms of teaching you how to become a professional? Uh, um, no, not particular. I think that all started before I even went to Europe, mate, to be honest with you. I think uh, you know my time at Central Coast and even before that, anyone who knows me knows how, knows how sort of determined and you know how much how driven I was to to try and get the best out of best out of every situation, and uh, you know I had to wait some time, obviously, to get those those in those those opportunities. But um, you know, I think I think that's a reflection of you know what I was how I was brought up and 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 living your life right and and, and trying to get the best out of uh, what you've got. Were you glad that you had to do it a little bit of the hard way when you were coming up, you know, in terms of going through the A-League, having to go through Turkey? You see now some kids jetting off to England at 14, 15 years old. Do you think that grounding really helped you in the long run? Um, I think it was, you know, what was required. Didn't he really have the option of doing the other way around? To be honest, that's just the way it all went. Um but in saying that, I probably wouldn't change it for anything because, like you said, it gives you 
a bit more of an experience and a, a bit more of an understanding of really what's required. Um, and also to, you know, to take your opportunities, to try and take your opportunities whenever you can because, um, you know, they don't always come as, 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 as and when you want. Yeah. But Aston Villa was a big, a big move for you, wasn't it? Because Villa Park was always one of your favorite grounds I've read somewhere. Yeah. It's a, it, it's a, you know, it's a big football club with a rich history and, uh, you know, Villa Park's pretty special place. Um, you know, it's, it's got a, just a, the, the structure itself and, you know, has this, has this sort of presence about it that anyone, anyone enjoys to play in. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Socceroos now and just want to take you back to your debut. Now, all the way back in 2008, you debuted as a youngster against Singapore. Do you remember much about the game? I do actually. I do remember, as you could imagine, in Southeast Asia and Singapore not being the best quite heavy but you know we ended up having a draw but um you know all the feedback and stuff i had from the game was was positive and uh like i said i just took it all in my stride really i really really enjoyed the experience and i wanted it to to sort of last for as long as i could yeah when was the first time that you met Ange postacoglu um that would have been in 2003 I met him. We were in a under twenties World Cup, and uh, it was just before the camp, before the World Cup. And uh, I got I got a call saying that they wanted me to go to the camp. And uh, we had a camp in I think it was Abu Dhabi. I believe we had two games, and I played in them. And essentially, that's what made me book my seat on the plane to go to the World Cup. Wow. You know, obviously you and Ange have quite a close bond. I've seen plenty of the Socceroo boys come out and, you know, just talk about what Ange actually meant to them. In your own words, Millet, what did Ange Postacoglu mean to you? Yeah, obviously he was, um, you know, he was our leader. Uh, he helped us, you know, transformed us, in, you know, transformed our style over the last three and a half years and... Uh, I think I think the group I think the group itself and, and even myself will be will be forever grateful for that. Um, definitely because although we did it the hard way in terms of qualifying, we did it and uh, we uh, we did it under under our terms, which was, was driven by him the whole time. Yeah, what would you say would be your best memory of Ange? Um, I think it was just uh, you know always instilling the belief. Instilling the belief in us in every situation, no matter where we played, who we were up against, and I think that sort of filtered down to the to the group, and it made and it made everyone's job easier. And uh, you know, no, no fear attitude was was always was always present, and it always was a reflection of him, and 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 it, and it then reflected the team as well. Yeah, have you had a chance to meet the new coach? Uh, no, I haven't. No. Okay, so have you guys chatted at all about the lead-up into the next World Cup and maybe formations that might, might be ahead? I haven't, uh, I haven't spoken to him, mate, so I wouldn't have a clue. Okay, no worries. Just from your own learning experiences, you know, you went to 2010, you played one match. 2014, obviously, you were the captain. What did you take from those two World Cups that you want to kind of instill in some of the young players coming through now? Um, well, that's a... Interesting question. Um, I'm 
I think you obviously you take the experience of the tournament and on and how it unfolds and knowing that you know from the from the start actually from when you meet up that you know you have to make every 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 minute every opportunity count um so then when it does come around to the games and, and the business end of it that that you're firing on all cylinders and uh, you know you you put your best foot forward and hopefully you you can get the results that you want mm. you know 2013 you took the armband from Lucas Neal how did you find out that you were going to be getting the honor of captaining your country um basically I think it was in uh, it was a camp. It was 2014, actually. We I got it. It was at the start in 14, March, sorry. so it was in the lead up to the to the to the World Cup, and it was a game actually over here in in the UK, which it was just a conversation really with Ange, and uh, that's sort of how it went. And obviously, I was delighted and you know really honoured at, at the you know given the the honour and the privilege of, of doing such a great great thing and uh, yeah I, you know I didn't really think too much about it at the time but you know reflecting on it it was a, it was a big it was a big moment in my career yeah in terms of leadership it doesn't even have to be soccer who's someone maybe in your life or someone you've come across that you really admire and taken some of those traits now and you instill that in both your life and also your professional sport um Look, I think, you know, me personally, it's more about how I was brought up. So, you know, my parents, they play a big part looking at them, the people around me, you know, my family members around me um, that, 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 that were a part of that, my extended family. And I think just taking all that in, um, you know, and, and, and learning learning that way and, and then, you know, you become the person who you are. Obviously, people do it differently and they, they look at and study other people. I, I didn't really do that. You know, it's more about parents and, and stuff like that. I don't think you, you know, they're, they're the ones that have led you through your life and uh, especially growing up. And then I think when you get into football as a professional, you you tend to look at the the, the senior figures around and and, and and the senior players and you and you look up to them and, and you try and take on board what you can by listening and uh, you know being aware of, of what's around you and, and, and taking the good on board and and hopefully maybe using that or using what you can to, to try and better yourself. Okay, just a couple of personality questions just to wrap things up. One of my best friends, Adam Burden, he's got a strong beard game going on but not as strong as yours. So he had a few questions. He wanted to know... How long it took you to grow the beard to the maintenance, and does the missus like it? Um, so the first question, the first part of the question, I don't know exactly to get it to this length, but I'm estimating about seven months, seven, eight months. Um, the second question, there's a little bit of maintenance involved, and um, yeah, and the third question is a yes the missus loves it. <laughs> yep. All right, Mille, I'm going to bring you back to your childhood. What posters did you have on your bedroom wall growing up? I didn't have, I don't think I had any to be fair. Um, <laughs> maybe that was a mum thing. She just liked the walls neat and tidy. No posters on the walls. <laughs> it's, you're, you're a Croatian background, don't you? Yes, I do, yeah. Fantastic. Do you get over to Croatia seeing that you live so close these days? 
Um, I have been. I haven't been. I've been. Last time I was there was a couple of years ago. I was out there for a, for a family member's wedding. So yeah, I do. I have travelled there quite frequently. Obviously, being so close, and when you are in Europe, it's, it's always there's always a it's a lovely part of the world to to go and spend some time. Um, if you if you've got a chance in the summer, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, Dubrovnik and Split, two of my favourite places. Millet, do you have any superstitions? Um, no, I don't. No, no, no. Uh, no real superstitions. I don't can't say that I can't say that I do. Okay, final question. You're going to be hosting a private dinner party. You've got five invites now. Only rules: no family or friends, but you can invite anyone, dead or alive. Who would you like to invite? Five people. Well, I don't know. Um, let me think. Um, that's a toughie. Um, let me try and think. Nelson Mandela, yep. Frank Sinatra. Uh, I like his music. Who else? Um, let me try and think. Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Um, <laughs> someone said Albert Einstein here, but I think you'd be too clever for that table. Um, I don't know who else. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Three, okay. we'll go three. All right, buddy, no worries at all. Well, Mille, I really appreciate you joining me today. Before I let you leave, everyone get, give Mille a follow on Instagram. He's Mille Yedinak15. Mille, all the very best for the rest of the season in the championship and all the best also in the World Cup coming up, man. No problems. Thanks for having me on. No. And, guys, that was Mille Yedinak. We hope you enjoyed that episode. I really enjoyed bringing that one to you. Of course, he's the absolute star He's the leader, and we couldn't get, we couldn't ask for any better. I think he's one of the Socceroos' top, top players that has ever come through the system. Like I did mention, Massimo Luongo will be on Thursday's show, so stay tuned for that one. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or you can find it all online at www.talkingwithtk.com. If you can do me a massive favor and help me continue to grow this show best way is to share it with your family and friends so please send any tweets or facebook messages i'm at talking with tk on those or instagram i'm at tristan nell i'd really really appreciate the support so guys please connect subscribe if you've got any guest requests please send them through tristan at talkingwithtk.com but i really enjoyed bringing this one to you i hope you enjoyed listening to it and i'm tristan cannell and this was talking with tk